Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan, here to talk to you today about Xbox and, of course, Activision, which is a deal that we've been waiting on for some time and that some folks think is imminent. Might they be right? Maybe. But also, they might be very wrong. So let's talk about that. As we've discussed in our Microsoft Times Activision playlist, this is a big, big deal. Just under $70 billion and was always going to be reviewed very carefully by the countries of the world. Now, I'm an American lawyer. I do business transactions. I have dealt with the FTC before, the Department of Justice, not quite as much. And certainly what we call Hart Scott Rodino filings which are notifications made by one party or another to a big, big deal that says, hey, we'd like to make a big, big deal. And then the FTC or the DOJ reviews that deal. And that's where we find ourselves now. If you imagine a map where we're looking at this transaction, we have the original announcement and signing of the merger agreement way back at the top of this year. And then we go through all of this stuff that we've covered now in almost 30 videos. Finishing off most recently with the notion that the deal has gotten a big boost by the notion that the union, the CWA that's otherwise trying to unionize Activision, has signed off on it, has withdrawn its complaints about the deal going forward. And I said, hey, that is a big deal. That is one less hurdle for Microsoft to clear when the Federal Trade Commission is looking at this. But some news that has come out over the past three days or so has made people a little bit more enthusiastic about the prospect of the deal closing this year or even next month than I think is probably warranted. So I want to turn now to a tweet that I was linked on from Tim Dog at xCloud Tim Dog. Big Xbox fan. You can tell Xbox logo runs an Xbox show. No problem with that, but very much enthused about this transaction, wants to see it go through. So he puts out a tweet, says Activision Xbox Microsoft deal has been handled spectacularly by Brad Smith, who is one of their government relations vice presidents, I believe. If the deal gets done in 2022, that will be huge for Xbox. Wonder what Hoaglaw thinks. He's always on point. And many thanks to you, Tim Dog. I was linked on a whole host of conversations uh, that happened as a result of this tweet this past weekend. And the answer is, as every legal answer is, complicated, right? Now, Simpler as to what happened this weekend is, of course, PlayStation announcing that they had closed on their deal with Bungie. So Bungie is now a subsidiary of PlayStation. And this tweet right here where PlayStation says, hey, welcome to the family, Bungie. We have now closed on the deal is the tweet that Tim Dog and every other Microsoft fan that is enthused about their purchase of Activision wants to see very, very soon. And we'll probably do another video on Bungie just talking about the independence concept, what it is that they bought, some other lawsuit kind of items that we've seen from Bungie in the recent past. We'll probably do that in virtual reality this week. I don't want to make promises because, well, we're always juggling balls in the air and otherwise spinning plates. So I never know exactly when and what we're going to cover in this space. But it's a good Bit of news for PlayStation. They got their deal done. And this is what everybody on the Microsoft side of things wants to see happen. Now, as I mentioned, folks think that that might be imminent. Here we have a VGC article that says Microsoft's Activision buyout could be approved by the FTC as soon as next month. The Xbox firm has reportedly triggered a 30-day window for any final challenges. Now, I want to give credit to VGC. Uh, As you know, I've written articles for them in the past, and I'm familiar with their editor. Uh, And he actually reached out to me as this went up saying, hey, tell me if you spot anything, any issues. I said, I'm going to do a video, uh, but here are a couple things that could potentially be tweaked. I expect them to be tweaked. Haven't been yet, but there are a couple things here. One, 
The FTC doesn't approve deals. We'll, we'll talk about how Hart Scott Rodino and the notification process works. But unlike certain aspects of other jurisdictions in the world, it's very, very important that everybody realizes that the Federal Trade Commission, the Department of Justice, they don't approve anything. The way that the law works in the United States is that there's a timing window that you're not allowed to close your deal within. You turn in your notice stuff, and then there's certain changes that can happen to that window, and then it expires and you're allowed to close your deal. The FTC doesn't send you a note, doesn't make a phone call to you, doesn't say, you're good to go, Captain. It doesn't do any of those kinds of things. The window just expires. And that's important because as we'll see for an analogous deal that I've got queued up for this video, when your deal gets approved, as these journalistic outlets like to say, because who can blame them, it doesn't prevent the FTC or the Department of Justice from otherwise suing you after the fact. Uh, and that's important. Why? Well, we've talked in this playlist, we've talked in virtual legality about the fact that the Federal Trade Commission is now headed by different people than it has been headed by in the past. And that might change everything for how this deal is actually perceived and what might happen to combat it from that Federal Trade Commission. Now, this was still an important bit of news this past weekend, and we're going to cover it because there is a reason why VGC and a whole host of other outlets have said that this could happen earlier than we originally thought. And that's basically premised on the notion of how the Hart Scott Rodino review process in the United States actually works. So VGC says, the FTC asked Microsoft and Activision Blizzard for additional information in March as it continued to review their proposed acquisition deal. Now we're going to look at this whole statute because it's very important, but suffice to say, we covered it in the playlist. What's important to note right now is that on March 3rd, 2022, so just about a month and a half after the deal was announced, the FTC says, hey, we're going to take a second view of this deal. So in an ordinary deal that the FTC or the DOJ doesn't care about that much, you send in your notification papers. They probably never talk to you ever again. 30 days after you send in those papers, you're good to close. You are now not in violation of the deal. And this only counts for deals of a certain size. But trust me when I say 68 billion some odd dollars is definitely above that threshold amount where you have to go through this process. So ordinarily, that's what happens on a normal deal. But within that window, the Federal Trade Commission or if the Department of Justice is looking at this thing, they can go and they can say, hey, actually, whoa, stop. We think this might have some kind of effect on the economy here. It's really, really big. Uh, it's a publisher. You're a hardware provider. What's happening here? We need to slow things down and we need to check things out before that 30-day window expires. So we're going to ask you a bunch of other information, a bunch of other questions. We're going to have a big, long process now. And this was entirely expected. Folks went out and said, oh my God, the FTC is looking at this. Oh my God, they're doing a second view. We talked about it in virtual legality. This was entirely expected for a deal of this size. And on March 3rd, 2022, the FTC did ask for that information. Now they asked from, for it from two parties. They asked Microsoft and they asked Activision Blizzard. So that's two different entities as it stands right now. They asked to provide more information, potentially access to people. And then that begins the second review process, which unlike the first review process, which says you turn in your notice and then 30 days later, if we don't otherwise get back to you, you can close your deal. This part of the process has a more inchoate, ephemeral timing because the basic timing, and we are going to look at the statute, is when we have asked our questions of you and you have answered them all to our satisfaction reasonably under the statute, uh, then we get another 30 days to decide whether we're going to try to stop this deal or not. Um, and so that's a second window, but it only starts after an ephemeral time in space 
where everybody kind of agrees that you have substantially complied with the information we have requested of you. Now, of course, the government, the FTC, the DOJ could ask for too much information and the parties can combat that and you can start to get into federal court. We're going to talk about that as well. But suffice it to say, there is no given time when this second window is set to open. So when it starts to get reported that it did, in fact, open, as it does here in VGC, According to paywalled merger news provider Deal Reporter, I actually saw this elsewhere, via Seeking Alpha, Microsoft has now provided the FTC with the information it was looking for. Aha, so therein lies the rub, right? This is described as Microsoft has provided the FTC with the information it was looking for. That triggers the window. And that's what Seeking Alpha said, basically. So if we look at the bullets here, we see Microsoft is said to have responded to the Federal Trade Commission's second request and its planned $69 billion purchase of video game giant Activision. Activision shares tick up a percent because they're still at least somewhat discounted between happening, not happening. Microsoft certified substantial compliance with the FTC in regards to ATVI several weeks ago, according to a deal reporter item, which cited sources familiar. So we're sitting here now in the middle of July and this deal reporter leak from sources familiar, which we have to take with a grain of salt to start out with. Then we're getting a secondary source here. Then we're getting a different source from deal reporter itself. So we're a few steps removed from anybody that has actual knowledge. So, so, so get that grain of salt ready with what we're actually being told. But if we can take all of this as true, we've got a note here that says Microsoft told the FTC, hey, we're done. We've responded to all of your questions. We're set at the top of July, give or take. Uh, And as we will see, that would trigger that second 30-day window, kind of. The update on the U.S. antitrust review comes as the near $70 billion deal between Microsoft and Activision is under scrutiny as the U.K.'s antitrust regulatory last week opened an inquiry into the deal to see if it will impact rivals. We'll talk about that a little bit again towards the end of the video. Activision shares traded a significant discount to Microsoft's offer of $95 per share in cash, indicating some doubt in the market about antitrust approval for the transaction justified, especially as the U.S. FTC is heavily scrutinizing big tech under the Biden administration. Therein lies the rub. However you might feel about the Biden administration or Democrats or Republicans or anything else, it has shifted in terms of politics at the Federal Trade Commission, and that might mean something going forward. So what we've got here is an announcement that is a leak from a secondary source that Microsoft has certified that they have complied with the FTC's requests, but Microsoft isn't the be-all and end-all here. So as promised, Let's talk about 15 U.S.C. Section 18A, otherwise known as the Hart-Scott-Rodino notification process. And we're not going to cover every word here. I'm going to try to highlight what is operative. But here are the baseline rules. No person shall acquire any other person. And person in law, because we like to be difficult, means entities as well as individuals. So Microsoft can't buy Activision unless both parties file a notification and the waiting period described in this subsection has expired. Then we have rules about who this applies to. It definitely applies to these parties. The waiting period required herein shall begin on the date of the receipt by the FTC or the DOJ of a completed notification or a half-completed notification with a note from the party that says why we didn't answer some of the other things. From both persons, Activision and Microsoft, and that period ends on the 30th day after the day of receipt. So that's the initial primary concept, right? Statutory language, lawyers, they're writing things as complicatedly as possible. But this says, hey, when you're going to do a deal, you sign up that merger agreement, you send in some paperwork, and you can't close your deal until the expiry of the 30-day window from when your notification was sent in. Now, the waiting period also can be extended. 
Federal Trade Commission and the Assistant Attorney General may terminate the waiting period and allow any person to proceed with any acquisition. Of course, the FTC can always walk in and say, oh, yeah, this is fine. You don't even have to worry about this. Now, the FTC has only certain resources, so they're not regularly sending out termination notices, but maybe you could press them or maybe you have some back channel uh, politicians that you can use to try to get that statement. Otherwise, you're waiting the 30 days. Everybody understands you're waiting the 30 days. And then there's some rules about what this applies to. And then you get that extension that I was talking about. The Federal Trade Commission may, prior to the expiration of the 30-day waiting period, then there's a different waiting period for tender offers. That's not what we're talking about here may require the submission of additional information or documentary material relevant to the proposed acquisition from a person required to otherwise file notification. So within that 30-day period, Federal Trade Commission here, as we now know, in March of 2022 says, okay, we are going to require the submission of additional information or documentary material. And here is our big, long due diligence request list. And we're going to work with you over that period of time until we find ourselves here in July, when apparently Microsoft says it has complied with everything. Now, before we actually get to how that process ends, this little section, again, not organized terribly well for someone trying to just read this clearly, talks about what happens when there's a dispute, right? I just told you that Microsoft isn't the be all and end all of when it has submitted enough information, but the FTC isn't either, or at least not the people that are reviewing the deal on behalf of Microsoft and Activision. This says, the Assistant Attorney General, that's for the DOJ, and the Federal Trade Commission shall each designate a senior official who does not have any direct responsibility for the review. You'll go find Bob down the hall who is reviewing a completely different deal or working on a completely different set of fraud complaints or whatever he's doing down the hall at the FTC. You'll drag him in and he will be available to hear any petition filed by Microsoft or Activision to determine, one, whether the request that the FTC just made is unreasonably cumulative. You already know the answers to these. Unduly burdensome. I'm sorry, did you just ask for 100,000 single space lines of each email or duplicative? Or whether the request for additional information or documentary material has been substantially complied with by the petitioning person. Now, it's possible that the leaks here indicate that there was some kind of dispute, or at least Microsoft was asking for a declaratory action by the FTC, and that the FTC has actually signed off on it being substantially complied with. I don't think that's what has happened here, because this is sounding to me exactly like what Amazon did with the MGM deal. We're going to get to that at the end of this video, but essentially, this appears to be designed by Microsoft to say, FTC, we're done. We're not going to submit any more. You now have 30 days to either allow us to go forward or to do something else. And that allows us to scroll a little bit further. So what we know is that the FTC and Microsoft or Activision could have a fight about whether the request was legitimate. Remember, the FTC is supposed to limit its request to things that relate to the transaction. So if they're just asking for, uh, I don't know, cell phone numbers of everybody, that's probably not necessary to figure out the economic impact of the deal. And you can argue about these things. And they're supposed to have essentially a neutral arbiter, a neutral arbiter that's set up in the FTC. So maybe not as neutral as you might like, but that's the way the statute is otherwise set up. Then we get into the time period extensions, right? The Federal Trade Commission or the Assistant Attorney General in its or his discretion may extend the 30-day waiting period, that's the initial one, for an additional period of not more than 30 days after the date on which the Federal Trade Commission receives from any person to whom a request is made all the information and documentary material required to be submitted pursuant to such a request, or 
If such request is not fully complied with, the information and documentary material submitted and a statement for the reasons for such noncompliance. Such additional period may be further extended only by the United States District Court upon an application by the Federal Trade Commission or the Assistant Attorney General pursuant to a section I will show you in just a minute. But what this now says, right, is that timing window and how it is in Kuwait, as I talked about. They get this second 30 days, they can ask for it and they can extend it, more on that later, only after both parties, Microsoft and Activision, have otherwise submitted all the information required to be submitted pursuant to such a request. Now, Microsoft will be helping Activision out with this, but even if Microsoft is certified, even if they were certified by the FTC, this doesn't actually start this window until Activision is set up. Worse, for purposes of evaluating whether this deal will go through, is that we don't know whether the FTC has otherwise signed off on this. This appears to be a a, a leak from sources at the Microsoft side of things. This is the same way it looked from the Amazon side. And and again, I promise we will look at that as part of this video as well. And if it wasn't approved by the FTC, and this is just Microsoft effectively telling the world, leaking it out, that we have complied with what the FTC has asked for, well, then the FTC doesn't have to agree with that assertion, right? If any person or any officer, director, partner, agent, or employee thereof fails substantially to comply with the notification requirement under subsection A or any request for the submission of additional information or documentary material, the United States District Court at the request of the FTC may order compliance and can extend the waiting period specified in subsection B1 and as may have been extended under E2, that's the second look, until there has been substantial compliance. and may grant such other equitable relief as the court in its discretion determines necessary or appropriate. So the FTC maybe doesn't agree with Microsoft. Microsoft says, we have certified, we have substantially complied with your request. And the FTC says, okay, well then technically you have told us you have complied. So the 30-day window would appear to start, although we could fight on that, honestly, since this actually requires us to have received things. So you can imagine a world in which a bad corporation gets a request for 100 documents, all of which are legitimate. They return two with a note that we have substantially complied to the extent we are willing to do so. You are now on a 30-day clock. And the FTCs or the DOJs of the world could go and say, "Uh uh-uh, this isn't compliance at all. We could fight on those grounds, or we can just take you to G2 here and say, we're going to go get a district court to order compliance. Now, the real politic, the rubber hitting the road, if you will, in this is that because the FTC has this in its toolbox, it doesn't need to bring an action in district court very often. It can simply get to this point in time and say, no, Um, actually, we have more questions or we don't feel that you otherwise answered these questions well enough. Uh, And presuming that the FTC is acting as it should be, as uh, within the ambit of the statute and asking questions about the economic realities of the proposed transaction, then Microsoft or Activision would continue to have to answer it. Right now, what Microsoft appears to be presenting instead is that they're positive they substantially complied. The Federal Trade Commission's 30-day window has started, and now the Federal Trade Commission either has to sue us, (laughs) bring a suit in district court, to ask for an extension, say they didn't comply, whatever else might go along with that, or sue us to stop the deal. Again, that's what the statute says. Those are the tools in the FTC's tool belt. But if the FTC is against this deal, then they have those tools in the toolbox and we don't necessarily have to hear anything about it for months and months and months. In fact, if the FTC doesn't like this deal, 
Generally speaking, what would be happening at that point is that they would tell Microsoft that they don't like X, Y, or Z about it, and they would start negotiating what we call a consent decree, a settlement agreement, on the threat that they could ask for more time, or on the threat that they could just sue to block the deal, and then we're doing all this publicly, and everybody gets to see what we're otherwise discussing. Now, you see the same kind of concept here in the Federal Trade Commission's own description of what it can do. It's worth noting that this description changed along with the administrative change in the country and takes a few more statements that maybe the FTC's page didn't do before. But suffice it to say, it says exactly what we read in the statute. Here's what a second request is. Here's what happens. And then step four, the parties substantially comply with the second request. Typically, once both companies have substantially complied with the second request, we know nothing about Activision at this point in time, the agency has an additional 30 days to review the materials and take action if necessary. Then there's some tender offer stuff. The length of time for this phase of review may be extended by agreement between the parties and the government in an effort to resolve any remaining issues without litigation. And this is where they say, we use our hammer in our toolbox, not necessarily to bring a suit in a district court because nobody wants that. That's timely. That's expensive. We have to go through the judiciary. They might have difference of opinion with us, but also because it's public, it's in the open and Microsoft doesn't want that and Activision doesn't want that. And they don't want to see this as becoming a kind of fractured uh, procedure. So we say, hey, let's go get some more time. We have some more information requests, etc. And we don't know where the FTC lives on any of this. Now, once this is legitimately triggered, everybody acknowledges that we have the 30 days, they can either stop the investigation and just allow the deal to go through, do that consent decree, have a settlement of some kind. We've talked about that. What might that look like? A hold on the price of Game Pass for a little while, potentially, making certain aspects of their asset portfolio available across platforms. We don't know exactly what the FTC would be bothered by. All of those would be rather draconian for a corporate deal in which Microsoft isn't going to have a monopoly position in basically anything, but that we've talked about in this space could possibly rub the FTC the wrong way because the FTC is against big tech mergers of any kind. And when we're talking about these particular mergers, Microsoft is one of the biggest companies in the world and might have something that looks like a monopoly or other control over things like cloud infrastructure or other aspects of data management that the FTC or another regulatory body might have a concern with. So I have long thought that this deal is going to go through. You can check the tape on this in this playlist, but I've thought that the deal will go through materially the same as it was announced, not necessarily identically to how it was announced. Microsoft would be willing to agree to basically anything that they were otherwise already going to do. If they're not going to raise Game Pass's price for two years, then it's no never mind to them if they agree to that with the FTC in order to get the deal done. Uh, but we don't know. We have no idea what that'll look like because that would all be happening behind the scenes and it wouldn't necessarily get done in the next month, right? The reason that this is being circulated everywhere is because there are notions that potentially this now gets done in August. And I just have to be honest with you all. I don't see that. I don't see that because all we have is a leak that Microsoft says it's substantially complied. We don't have the FTC's feelings on it. And also we know that the FTC, particularly in its new composition, has at least rattled its saber that it doesn't want to get pushed around on these kinds of deals. And VGC continues to report on this. I think they did a good job. They make the kind of standard mistake that basically every outlet makes everywhere, which is this notion that the FTC or the DOJ approves these deals, which is most definitely not the case. And as promised... It's evidently not the case when we look at one of the biggest deals that we've seen in the recent past. So Amazon 
closes its deal of an $8.5 billion acquisition of MGM in March of this year, right? But before all that, we have a few fights. Amazon set to face FTC scrutiny, reports the Wall Street Journal. When? In June of 2021. So if we're thinking about this deal timeline, we know that the FTC kind of picks this up. We get these kinds of leak articles sometime in the spring of this year for the Microsoft Activision deal. That's the summer of 2021 for this particular deal. We have Lena Khan, the new chair of the FTC, expressing concerns over the size of this deal. And that's in the summer of last year. Then we get in February, as the Wall Street Journal describes it, Amazon moves to force FTC antitrust decision on MGM deal. Deadline could make it difficult for the commission to take action before the tech giant completes the transaction. And here we say, Amazon.com has given the Federal Trade Commission a fast approaching deadline to deliver a verdict on its proposed $6.5 billion acquisition of the MGM movie and television studio, a move that could make it difficult for the agency to challenge the deal before the tech giant completes it. Amazon recently certified to the FTC that it had provided all the information requested by antitrust investigators, according to people familiar with the matter. Sound familiar? That's what has been leaked out about the Microsoft deal, but that's Amazon certifying it to the FTC And I strongly suspect that is what's happening here. Not that the FTC has acknowledged that it's everything that they could possibly want, but that Microsoft has basically said that. Microsoft certified with the FTC is a little unclear, and we don't have that kind of primary source material. Did the FTC agree? If they didn't, then what you are seeing is very much what Amazon pulled off successfully this spring where they say, we've substantially complied, your 30-day timer is going, and then people start reporting, FTC approaches March deadline for reviewing Amazon MGM deal, et cetera, et cetera, until you arrive at that March 17th date, which is apparently a month after they said we are done uh, with the information we provided to you, where Amazon closes that deal, right? But that's not the end of what happens there. That's not the end at all. In fact, what the FTC winds up saying on that same day is we can challenge a deal at any time, right? Folks that ask me questions on this, why do you make it a big deal when you say the FTC doesn't approve things? Well, because in most jurisdictions, when you approve the deal, you've essentially waived your right to challenge it later on. And there's important stuff here. The Federal Trade Commission asked about its review of Amazon's MGM acquisition, noted that the agency has the latitude to file a legal challenge even after the parties have closed a transaction. The FTC does not comment on any particular matters. However, we reiterate that the commission does not approve transactions and may challenge a deal at any time if the agency determines that it violates the law. In fact, that's what Facebook is dealing with with certain of its mergers and acquisitions over the past 10 years right now. Later Thursday, Politico reported that the FTC won't challenge Amazon's MGM deal after the agency's current four commissioners were split on bringing a suit. FTC Chair Lena Khan, who has been an outspoken critic of big tech companies, including Amazon, never called for an official vote on a complaint against Amazon because she expected the FTC's two Republicans would oppose it per Politico's report, which cited anonymous sources. Now, again, anonymous sources treat it with a grain of salt, but we have no reason to disbelieve this sequence of events that FTC Chair Lena Khan would have been willing to say, no, you can't force us into this. We're going to take a deeper look at you and or actually sue to block the transaction, except it was two to two amongst the commissioners at the time. Well, lo and behold, 
As reported here by a different law firm, Mayor Brown, on May 11th, 2022, the Senate confirmed President Biden's appointment of Alvaro Bedoya to fill the vacant Democratic seat on the Federal Trade Commission. Commissioner Bedoya's confirmation gives the Democratic commissioners a voting majority on the commission, and we expect the FTC will pursue actions previewed by Chair Lena Khan. That is why we have covered it so extensively here. The change in the Federal Trade Commission is... I don't think this deal should be blocked. I have looked at it. I think the market is clean for Microsoft to do these things, but I don't run the Federal Trade Commission. And when you look at quotes like this that basically suggest that they would have been willing to try to stop Amazon certifying for itself that it had answered the FTC and running across the end line, finishing that waiting period without waiting for any other kind of communication from the FTC, and they say we could have sued over it, but... We thought it would be two to two. And then I tell you that as of a couple of months ago, it's now three to two on Lena Khan's side. You can understand why people aren't looking at this and saying this is a done deal. You add to that the fact that we referenced in the Seeking Alpha summary of this, that there are still ongoing regulatory reviews at the EU level, at the UK level. We've also got one I think I saw from New Zealand. Uh, And a number of these are going to be just fine with the transaction. And the Microsoft team has prioritized the EU and the US above all else. And if they can get through those, they'll probably be fine in general. But this isn't the kind of regulatory instance that is done right now, right? I think the date that uh, UK gives for itself before it has to decide whether there's going to be a second look using their own statutes is 1 September 2022. If they trigger that, it becomes a question of what you're willing to close over, whether or not it'll be blocked if you try to close the transaction before the UK signs off on all these things. So to me, you've always been looking at a quarter one 2023 closing with the outside chance of squeezing in at the end of the year. That is still a possibility. I still continue to think that this deal has a very good chance of going through. But when we look at all these news items, when we look at what Tim is out there saying, I don't believe that we are looking at an imminent closing of this deal doesn't mean I can't be wrong, doesn't mean I haven't been wrong before, but as it stands right now, I don't believe we're going to look at a deal closing for some time. We don't know where Activision's at. We have other regulators looking into the issue, and we don't know whether the FTC agrees with what Microsoft just said. And I will tell you this, if Microsoft is pressuring the FTC on this and challenging Lena Khan's leadership, well, we might get a completely different answer than that we otherwise suspect, only because of that kind of political stratagem. If, on the other hand, behind closed doors, the FTC is a party to what has been Microsoft's uh, presentment here, well, then you start to look at what could be a cleaner closing, but still requiring a number of hoops to jump through between here and there. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy this kind of content, the business and law, video games, technology, software, federal trade commissions, antitrust, all sorts of stuff, please consider supporting the channel. We cannot do it without support from viewers and listeners like you. We've got a Utreon that gets the most resources to us from your subscriptions over there. We've also got Patreon, obviously a very, very popular platform that I know a lot of you like. Please do check those out to support the channel. Otherwise, just subscribing, telling your friends, upvoting, downvoting, engaging with the channel in all the ways YouTube likes. Every little bit helps. If you did catch this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. 
It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.